When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. And away we go with episode number 181. You mean the Steve Balboni episode? The Great Balboni. Bye-bye Balboni is what his nickname used to be because he had that kind of home run power playing for the Kansas City Royals and the New York Yankees. But uh, bye-bye was also what you said to him at home plate a lot of times because he had a tendency to strike out a lot. Steve Balboni with 181 home runs in his big league career. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! On the uh, recording of this podcast, happy birthday to Drew Brees, the Saints, the Boilermakers, and the sidelines. He's not going to the Super Bowl. He's done pretty well for himself, though. He has. Didn't he just do a, a record? Doesn't he have something right now? Uh, he, he has the record for most career touchdown passes. There it is. Just ahead of Tom Brady. He mm-hmm. and Brady are duking it out. They've both passed Peyton Manning. Okay. And they've got to hit the pause button, obviously, because their seasons are over. Neither one of them still playing right now. Oh, my goodness. So let's get into college football. Big news in the South Bend area, and if you're a Notre Dame fan. Well, the big question for the Irish was who was going to take over as offensive coordinator from Chip Long. And Brian Kelly says he conducted a national search but has decided to stay in-house, and he's moving Tom, Tommy, whatever he's going by, Reese, up to the offensive coordinator position. Reese, a former quarterback for Brian Kelly, then has been the quarterback's coach the last couple of years, and now he's going to get the keys to the car. He'll get some help from Lance Taylor, the running backs coach, who is also promoted to run game coordinator. So Reese and Taylor will be working somewhat hand-in-hand on developing the game plans each week and implementing those game plans. There is still one coaching vacancy left on the Irish staff, and that is for the tight ends coach. Okay. And there are a lot of people that think Brian Kelly should go back to a person who has served two stints here as an assistant coach, and that's Mike Denbrock, 
who is the current offensive coordinator at the University of Cincinnati. Now, whether Mike Dembrock would want to leave an offensive coordinator's job at a Power 5 school and come be the tight ends coach at Notre Dame again, granted, he's a good friend of Brian Kelly's. I think he was in Brian Kelly's wedding. Hmm. Uh, He would give a veteran presence on this staff, somebody that Tom Reese could bounce ideas off of. And he's a very good recruiter, too. And obviously, that's one of the things that Brian Kelly is trying to emphasize right now with his staff. Chip Long was a very good recruiter. You've got to replace a good recruiter with one. Whether Denbrock's the guy or it's somebody else, we have to see. I think if you go with Denbrock, I think there's going to be an immediate chemistry in the staff, something that, from all reports, was missing with Chip Long in the coaching staff. There wasn't that chemistry within the group. But 2020 is going to be a pivotal year for this Notre Dame football team. You've got a three-year starter in Ian Book. He's going to be very comfortable with Tom Reese as the offensive coordinator. You've got a schedule that is fairly easy until you hit October and you have to play Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. You're going to have to play Clemson here in South Bend in early November. And you're going to have to go to USC and face whatever they have by the end of the year in Los Angeles. Those are the three big games. And quite frankly, if you can survive those three big games, you might find yourself in the college football playoff. I think as a fan, why I like the Tom Reese hire is because an incoming high school quarterback can go, this guy has played in this system with this coach, mm-hmm. and he's now my coach, so he he knows, he has a knowledge of what's going to happen inside Notre Dame Stadium. I think that's appealing. And remember, Brian Kelly is is closer to the end of his Notre Dame stint than the beginning. Yes. I don't think he's going to go for another 10 years here. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's going to. No Notre Dame coach has gone that long. So you figure, let's say he's got four or five years left. He wants to be comfortable with who he's handing over the controls to, and obviously he's comfortable with Tom Reese. Has this happened before, Chuck? Uh, A former player becomes a coach on the same team in the Notre Dame? uh... Not at Notre Dame. I I can't think of somebody who has become an offensive player or even a defensive coordinator who was a former player here. This might be the first time. Now, it may have happened back in the days of Leahy or Hunk Anderson, guys like that, but uh, not within the last, say, 50 years. Okay. I'm thinking of a quarterback named Tom, another Tom. Tom Clements. Now, Tom Clements uh, has been an NFL coordinator and – and there were times when coaching searches were going on that people thought Tom Clements might come to Notre Dame to be the head coach. But he's been uh, a coordinator and a quarterback's coach in the National Football League. I like that you use the phrase the coaching carousel this morning. Well, because it does seem like you just rotate the pieces around. So Washington State has to replace Mike Leach, who went to Mississippi State. They tab Hawaii's Nick Rolovich as their new head coach. LSU, a guy that got a lot of attention as their passing game coordinator this year, the guy that is 
basically kind of given a lot of credit for unleashing Joe Burrow in those 60 touchdown passes. Guy by the name of Joe Brady, fairly young guy, doesn't have a lot on the resume, but obviously has that one shining piece with Joe Burrow. He's going to become an NFL offensive coordinator and go to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, So it's interesting to see what Matt Rule is doing here. He is not tapping in to the old NFL guard. He's not trying to do things business as usual. And a lot of eyes will be on Carolina this year to see how they do that. And, of course, now the question is, does Carolina go back to Cam Newton and try to plug him into what Matt Rule and Joe Brady are going to do? Or do they look for a different quarterback? We'll have to see. Also, some breaking NFL news this morning, Corey. The the centennial class, the NFL has made a big deal about this being their 100th year of operation. Yes. So what they're calling the centennial class for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, we know Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowher both had their big moments. We talked about that on Monday's show. Today, two former Chicago Bears learned that they are being inducted into the Hall of Fame. One of them I guarantee you never heard of. His name is Ed Sprinkle. He played back in the 1940s, was a two-way player when he started. Had they kept stats like sacks and quarterback pressures and things like that back in the 1940s, Ed Sprinkle would have been among the leaders. He was a four-time pro bowler, so he's getting his recognition. Then the guy you may have heard of played on the Super Bowl team, Super Bowl twenty champion Bears in 85, Jimbo Covert. Jimbo Covert was one of the great offensive linemen of the 1980s. Came out of Pitt, played with Dan Marino at Pitt, um, matriculates to the NFL, and he was a stalwart force of the Bears' offensive line through the 1980s, first blocking for Walter Payton and then for Neil Anderson. Before we move out of the NFL, you're on Twitter, aren't you, Chuck? I am at 46 Sports, and we have a Twitter poll going right now. And we'd like to know, what is the Super Bowl matchup that you most want to see? I'm not asking you to pick winners here. I'm asking you, what do you want to see in the Super Bowl? And there's only four possible matchups. You could have the Titans and the 49ers. You could have the Titans and the Packers. You could have the Chiefs and the 49ers or the Chiefs and the Packers. And currently at that 46 Sports Twitter page, uh, the one that's kind of running away with it right now is the Chiefs and the 49ers. And we made a big deal about it the other day. The Kansas City Chiefs have not been in a Super Bowl since 1970. Mm. Um, 47% of the vote, Chiefs, 49ers. Yeah. Currently. Which would be... 49ers haven't been in the Super Bowl for a while. Mm-hmm. So that would be that would be the newest blood that you could have in there. Tennessee was in it, I want to say about 10 years ago, they played the Rams in a very memorable Super Bowl that came down to a stop on the one-yard line, and that's what decided the game. Uh, Packers, of course, have been in the Super Bowl many times with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, although not not in the last five or six years. Let's segue into basketball, Chuck Freebie. Well, high school basketball last night, we had a, a terrific night of action around the area. Let's start on the boys' side. Alumni gym was packed to the rafters last night. 
as the parochial rivals, St. Joe and Marion, went head-to-head. The new poll came out yesterday afternoon. St. Joe was ranked number two in the state. Marion was ranked number eight in the state. Uh, You don't really have to pour any gasoline to spark this rivalry. It is deep-seated, and it is intense, and it was that way last night at Alumni Gym. J.R. Konesny, the young man from St. Joe who's headed to the University of Notre Dame in a couple of years, scored 21 points, but that was matched by Jerry Bracey of Marion scoring 21 and the Knights prevail over the Indians on their home floor, 50-48. to 48. So that'll shake up the NIC race a little bit. And I believe that leaves Adams all alone in first place as the only unbeaten left in the Northern Indiana Conference. Now, in some other boys' games last night, uh, some of your other winners, you had Elkhart Memorial won a squeaker over South Bend, Washington, 66-65. That's a solid win for Kyle Sears and the Crimson Chargers. Uh, Culver Academy, no problem with Fort Wayne North. They beat the Legends 87-46. to Northeast Corner Conference tournament started last night. The big news out of that, Charlie Yoder. He's a player for Westview. He's been around forever. He's a senior. He scored 37 last night. Wow. And his 37 points helped make him LaGrange County's all-time leading scorer. Westview beat Lakeland. 71 to 48. They'll turn around and play Randy Deshaun's Fairfield squad tonight. And if you say Westview Fairfield, I thought that wasn't until next week. That's right. The regular season matchup is next week on 46, but they play in the conference tournament tonight. Now, on the girls' side last night, the big game was over at the Palace. Penn and Elkhart Central both were unbeaten in the NIC going in. Penn's Trinity Clinton, very solid senior player. Scores 25 points, and Christy Kineski's team has no problems with the Blue Blazers winning 57-41, to 41, so it looks like Penn is ready to win another NIC girls basketball title. A couple of other what looked on paper to be good matchups last night didn't necessarily turn out that way. Northwood, Adam Yoder's team now 18-2 and two on the year. The Black Swish handled Tippecanoe Valley by a count of 49-23. to 23. And Knox goes down to Union Mills and beats South Central by a score of 45-28. The Redskins now 19-0, and as we mentioned on Monday, finally ranked in the top 10 in the state of Indiana. Uh, Other winners last night, really good game last night, down in Walkerton, Oregon Davis, ranked number 6 in 1A, goes in and beats John Glenn 44-41. They'll meet again next week in the Bi-County Tournament, so that'll be a fun one to keep an eye on as well. So that's the story in Indiana. You have somebody who could help me with the story in Michigan. We're going to call someone off the bench. There's a couple of big headlines, and we also want to talk some local basketball. Here we go. Follow the Sports Yak on social media. Sports Yak with two Ks on Twitter and Instagram. I had the privilege and pleasure of working with this guy when I first started in radio. And here's the big one thing I learned from this guy from the sidelines. That's a metaphor, by the way. Yeah. Be nice to people. You won't find a nicer guy in broadcasting. Yep. And we couldn't get him on the phone. So here's Phil McDonald. Hey, now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, Phil. I kid. Man, after that introduction, I owe you guys lunch or dinner. We'll accept Southwestern Lower Michigan, uh, WSJM. Phil's been a longtime uh, sports broadcaster up there. 
And a couple of things popped up locally uh, in the headlines, Phil, and I thought, let's just let's just ask you because you're in the mix. You're up there. You're dealing with it on a daily basis. Uh, but I will start off with a lob. Today is National Hat Day. Your favorite baseball hat. Respond. Oh man, you know what? I don't really wear hats a lot. It's, it's got to be like uh, it's got to be a Cubs hat then. Cubs hat. When you've got a yeah. quaff like Phil, you don't need to go around wearing a hat. You don't got to hide well, it. No. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I should wear a hat to uh, to hide the receding hairline. Well, going back farther <laughs> and farther. Hey, com- compared to some of the people you cover, you're just a pup. What in, the, what in the world is going on up there? The last two big coaching hires for football coaches in Southwest Michigan, the average age is 150. Yeah, they must have unlocked the uh, the doors to the retirement home or something because they're coming back out. So Elliot Uzelak is going to Berrien Springs. Yeah. Give the backstory there. Well, I know you know when he left uh, St. Joe, he still had that uh, that coaching itch. And um, you know he had helped uh, you know in the the back uh, background with practice and stuff with a couple of other schools, and then he got the job at the, at Benton Harbor. Then he uh, stepped away from there. He had some differences with the the school board and all that. And Which he would he not be in, alone in that. Oh no, he would not be alone in that. That is for sure. <laughs> and uh, when he stepped away, it didn't take long before he was just bored, and he just he he, he, he still wants to coach. And he's been keeping options open, keeping his eye open. And the Berrien Springs job opened up when Coach Bergen stepped away. He just wants to spend more time with his family. And, um, you know, if Elliot Uzelak's going to throw his hat into the ring, obviously you're going to talk to the guy with what he did at St. Joe, with what he did at Benton Harbor. And Berrien Springs has had a nice uh, tradition over the last uh, several, several years. So he's walking into a, uh, you know, with his walker. He's walking into a pretty good situation. Yeah, Bill Bergen did a nice job up there, uh, yeah. especially when you consider some of the obstacles that they have to overcome. They have a large Seventh-day Adventist population up there, mm-hmm. and a lot of those people can't participate in Friday night games oh. because of their religion. Okay. So uh, Elliot's walking into this situation, but he's 79 years old. I would ask if he can still relate well to kids, but given what happened at Benton Harbor, it's clear that he can. He really can. I mean, even when he took the job at St. Joe uh, several years ago, the one question was, yeah, but can a guy his age relate to the players and the players relate to him? And the relationship was just amazing. And then when he went to Benton Harbor, it was the same way. It just, they had they looked up to Coach Uzelak. They they had the respect for him and everything. And you know, with his age, there's just that relatability where he he knows the kids and the kids just appreciate. It. I think his approach, his personality, just the way he carries himself, and you know his his authority. There and you know there are sometimes when you have a much younger coach, you don't have that kind of relationship that uh, maybe respect factor that Coach Elliot Uzelak brings. And he does. I mean, he relates so well to them, and the, the kids relate well to him. Exciting time for Berrien Springs, too. They're getting that new turf field, right? Oh, my gosh. that uh, th- Their new stadium, Sylvester Stadium, is going to be a Taj Mahal. It, you know, they, they scrapped it down. They're building from the, the ground up everything, the stands, uh, the press box, the track, the, the turf field. That's going to be beautiful. I mean, I, I've, I've talked to – 
Alan Alsbro, the athletic director, I said, when this thing is done and it's right there off of M139, that's serious eye candy for oh, yeah. Springs. Now, it'll be a similar stadium to what you experience when you go to Lakeshore, and they went back to the future as well and brought Denny Dock back. How in the yeah. heck did that happen? Well, and again, I think Coach Dock, uh, he just he's got the uh, the coaching in his blood, and he can't give it up. And you know, when he left Lakeshore, he still stayed there as the varsity uh, softball coach. But then uh, this past fall, I think it was even the last couple of years, he's helped his uh, son uh, Jeff at Thornapple Kellogg, and you know, he's been an assistant coach for Jeff there for uh, for a little while. And when uh, Lakeshore and Brian Kine decided to uh, depart ways. Uh, they approached Denny Doc, and you know, here's the situation that you know he, he's going to come in and try to uh, you know restore the luster, even though there wasn't a whole lot of luster gone. I mean, Brian Kime did a nice job at Lakeshore. Yeah. But again, you have uh, a guy like Denny Doc with the uh, the history that he's had at Hartford, at Dewajek, and of course at the at Lakeshore. Now he's coming back. That you want to talk about a wow factor? There's a wow factor there at Lakeshore. You know, it's funny because I ran into Denny Doc's good friend, his former college roommate Bernard Thomas, last year when we did the Dwajak game, because he's an assistant now at Dwajak. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder if Bernard will stay at Dwajak or if he would consider being on Coach Doc's staff at Lakeshore. Boy, wouldn't that be something else? I mean, those two are really, really good friends. They had time together at Hartford, time together at uh, Dwajak. Man, you want to – and I know Bernard Thomas, for a, uh, for a year or two, he was, uh, was an assistant coach at, the, at All Claire, small uh, class yeah. uh, D school here in the area, but – yeah, boy, that would be a nice connection, wouldn't it? It would. Hey, let's talk Michigan high school hoops while we have you here for a second. Uh, Benton Harbor steamrolled another opponent last night. Scooby Johnson, who's going to Butler for his college game, had another fine game. Did you call that game last night? Yes, I did. What are your impressions of the Tigers this year? How how deep a run do you think they can make come tourney time? If if they stay healthy, which for the most part they they've been hit by the the flu bug, but there really haven't been been any injuries. I think Benton Harbor can make a nice deep run because I think when Benton Harbor comes into a uh, a gym, everyone thinks it's the Carlos Johnson show. And Carlos, you know, Scooby is a, is a huge talent, but Benton Harbor has got some nice balance. Quindarius Davis is a uh, phenomenal uh, shooting guard for them, and he was the quarterback for the football team. And he plays lights out defense, and he's uh, averaging in double figures. And then the sophomore Kentrell uh, Pullian uh, at the point guard, and he's starting to score in bunches right now. And Greg Cooper, he's been inserted into the starting lineup the last couple of nights as well, and he's at uh, six 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 seven, and he's a nice presence down low. Benton Harbor's got some nice balance that I think people don't realize until they actually see him on the court. Interesting interstate matchup this weekend, Lakeshore comes down here to play South Bend John Adams. Now, John Adams is having a, a year that they haven't had in a long, long time. They're 12-1. and one. They're ranked 7th in Class 4A. Last I checked, Lakeshore was undefeated. Sean Schroeder, never flashy, but they just win. They do. They do just win. They just uh, uh, squeaked it out last night with Lloyd, Nor- with Lloyd Norris. I think uh, Lakeshore scored a layup in the last 10 seconds to pull that out, 54-52. to 52. So they're still undefeated. And we were talking to Coach Schrader uh, this past Saturday on our coaches show, and you know his team is looking forward to going down to uh, to take on the Adams, and that's going to be a big show. They look forward to the big matchups. 
as well. Uh, you know, they've had a couple of tight ball games. They've been tested, and this is going to be a serious test to see exactly what Lakeshore's got. Does Lakeshore play Benton Harbor during the regular season? They do not, no. And now with Lakeshore being uh, in Division One now, or the old Class A, they're the, like the smallest Class A or Division One yeah. school in the, in the state, they won't even meet in the playoffs. So no, uh, Lakeshore and Benton Harbor will not meet this year. Boy, that's a shame because those were always great games. Although Benton Harbor did have a uh, struggle with the St. Joe Bears earlier this year. And uh, how are the Bears looking? You know, the St. Joe's been up and down. Uh, they played Benton Harbor real well. The game before, they had an overtime win against uh, Loy Norix, and they've had some solid performances, but then uh, they took one on the chin on the road last night to, to Gull Lake, losing uh, by double digits. But uh, And again, St. Joe traditionally is going to come in and play amazing defense. And if you can get a couple of guys to step up to, to score for you, St. Joe's going to be in good shape. But again, uh, you've got to get a couple of guys to uh, to step up and score. And I don't know if the last night they, I think their leading score was nine points with uh, Jeremiah Sterling. But you know, St. Joe defensively is always going to be solid. And big rivalry game coming up on Friday night, Brandywine and Buchanan. I think the Brandywine boys may be the surprise team of the area this year. You always expect the girls to be good, but the Brandywine yeah. boys are undefeated taking on a, a Buchanan squad that handled Niles by 10 points last night, and they're 4-1 on the year. Yeah, I'm anxious to uh, talk a little more uh, Buchanan uh, basketball. We're going to take our uh, our one-hour morning uh, road trip show to Buchanan tomorrow morning. And, uh, yeah, Reed McBeth's uh, team is playing really well, and Brandywine's got a really nice crop of uh, boy athletes going through right now, uh, whether it be on the basketball court, the uh, the football field, uh, the wrestling mat, and also the, the baseball diamond. They've got a really nice uh, group of, uh, and, and they're not just athletes. They're good student athletes and great personalities as well. Brandywine's team right now is is a fun team to kind of fall in love with, too, just because of the various personalities and how well they're playing, too. Now, will you wander into Lowry's Meat Market after that show at Buchanan? Ah, <laughs> no, uh, I'll go ahead and admit that, uh, yes, we have done that a, a time or two. Uh, I can't blame you. <laughs> Cannot blame you at all for that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's Lowry's when you go to uh, Buchanan, and then, believe it or not, when you go to Waterville or Coloma, it's the Westco gas station because they've got the best donuts in southwest Michigan. Good to know. Listen to this guy. <laughs> all right. I well, know exactly where he's talking oh, about, I too. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's been there a couple of times. Oh, a couple of times. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, if you like your local sports, and sometimes that can be a hit or a miss with the announcing. Sure. This guy up in southwestern lower Michigan is a hit. When you get up there, and if he's calling a game, lean into it on the radio, WSJM, 30-plus year veteran. My gosh, have you gotten a plaque yet? Uh, I do have one, actually. Yes! <laughs> besides besides the plaque on your teeth. <laughs> I have it on my dashboard. Okay. There we go. Hey, Phil McDonald, thanks for the time. Always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. Email the Sports Yak with comments or questions at the Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com. Before we segue into college basketball, who you got this Friday night? Uh, this Friday night, we have Knox at LaVille on the boys' side. Rob Kruger's Redskins 7-3 and three, and leading the Hoosier North Athletic Conference. Michael Edison and the LaVille Lancers always a contender in that conference. They're 2-1 and one, coming off a loss to North Judson last Saturday night. So you'll see a couple of teams that don't get a lot of publicity around here, but a couple of good basketball teams. 
Knox and LaVille Friday night on TV 46. College basketball. Well, the upset of the night last night, Clemson. Uh, now, the Clemson Tigers finally had broken the string. They had never won in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And they beat North Carolina last uh, Saturday or Sunday over the weekend. And then last night at home, they knock off number three Duke, 79-72. So Brad Brownell's got something going on down there with the Tigers, and uh, they're playing really good basketball right now. Tonight, Mike Bray's team, desperate for a win in the Atlantic Coast Conference. They're 1-4 right now in the ACC. They go down to Atlanta and play Georgia Tech. Now, the Irish have the better overall record, Notre Dame 10-6, and six, Georgia Tech 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, But that's going to be a challenge for Notre Dame to try to win on the road in the league. And speaking of teams who have a challenge of trying to win on the road in the league, IU tries to break the Big Ten road jinx. They travel to Rutgers tonight, a game you can hear on Pulse FM 103.1 at 7 o'clock. Now, Archie Miller's team looked really good over the weekend. They played really good defense in their win over Ohio State Saturday. But, Corey, there have been... Going into last night, and I I didn't check the results last night, but going into last night, there had been 37 Big Ten games played this year. Do you know how many times the road team has won in those 37 tries? Tell me. Five. So that's the kind of odds going up against IU tonight. You might think, well, Rutgers, Rutgers stinks. No, Rutgers is good this year. Rutgers is having a solid season, and this is going to be a challenge for this Indiana team to go into Piscataway and try to walk out with a win. I'd like to try to get Coach Draben in here uh, before we get too far past this un, this uh, undefeated first part of the season. Well, it's not undefeated now yeah. because they are uh, on the struggle bus the last couple of games, and Bethel was whacked by Marion University last night, 99-74 to at the Wycamp Center. Hard to believe that they would lose by 25 at home, but that's what happened to the ninth-ranked team and NAIA Division II. And Grace had a tough one last night. They lost to number 15 Spring Arbor, 74-67. to So Goshen also a loser last night to Taylor. In that game, Vinny Miranda of Northwood High School plays for Taylor at 20 points. So a really rough night for our local teams in the Crossroads League last night. So we have this massive TV monitor in the radio studio in the morning, and we'll we'll see the headlines that the big news conglomerates are talking about. My mind is blown by this World Series, professional baseball, cheating. I, I cannot get my head around this. Like, kind of a, what were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, it's it's rather unbelievable. The Houston Astros back in 2017 were looking for an advantage. And teams are allowed to have cameras out in center field because what they do is you're supposed to use that film to study your hitters and their stride, their approach, things like that. So you're allowed to do that. Well, they zoomed the camera in on the catcher's signs so that they could decode what signs were being put down for what pitches. And in doing so, somebody out there with the camera would then text somebody in the dugout on either their phone or their smartwatch. They would get the sign, and they would use a trash can 
and bang out a code to the hitters. This is like a bad plot to a sports movie, isn't it? It it sounds like a really ham-handed thing. I wish I would have noticed the trash can thing. Did you do you remember noticing that during a game at all? Not like really. Like hearing it or like, like even an announcer picking up on it and going, "What's with the trash can?" Yeah, not really, but Okay. Uh and I think lots of times if you hear that kind of thing, you wouldn't expect it from the dugout. You're thinking maybe somebody's banging on a cowbell or yeah, something in the yeah. stands, so you wouldn't think that it was coming from the dugout. Um, so this started with the Astros in 2017 and apparently carried through to 2018. So Monday, Major League Baseball, after having conducted a thorough investigation, decided to suspend the general manager, Jeff Leneau, and the field manager, A.J. Hinch of the Astros, for one year. And the Astros say, well, we'll trump that. We'll just fire them outright. And so you've got a team that won the National League pennant, or excuse me, the American League pennant last year in the Houston Astros, now trying to replace its field manager and general manager less than a month before spring training begins. The trickle-down then carries over to the Boston Red Sox because one of the coaches who was heavily involved in the Astros scheme in 2017 became the Red Sox manager in 2018, and that's Alex Cora. And there are a lot of people who think that the Red Sox carried over that same scheme and did the same scheme the Astros were doing, and who won the 2018 World Series? The Boston Red Sox. So two of your last three world champions have tainted titles in the eyes of some people. Mm. And before Major League Baseball could hand down its punishment to Cora, and Major League Baseball had already said the punishment that Alex Cora is going to get will be worse than the one the Astros got. The Red Sox and Cora decided to part ways. And so... Now you've got two teams trying to replace managers right now looking to reorganize and reestablish their reputations uh, before the season starts. So editorial opinion, I'll, I'm going to knock on your head here. This, this coach, this, these group of guys have come up with a way to cheat the system. And they make it as far as they do. Mm-hmm. What what do you think's going on in their head? Is it that much pressure from above to win these games? Or is it a personal, I've got to figure out a way, whatever way that is, to better myself and this team, and that means we're going to have to cheat? I I'm going to go with B rather than A. Okay. I mean, obviously, there's pressure to win there, but there's pressure to win in any organization. And mm-hmm. I think people in these positions are self-driven to try to succeed. There are so many. There are so many tentacles that come out of this, right? Um, number one, okay. Let's say you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, who many people around baseball say. The Dodgers felt like something was going on when they were playing the Astros in the World Series in 2017 and tried changing up their signs to try to throw this thing off. Mm -hmm. 
And remember, you Darvish got rocked around in that he had been picked up by the Astros at the end of 2017 to help their pitching staff. And he got rocked around in that World Series. And really, it took him a year and a half to recover. He didn't become the U Darvish that had been a dominant pitcher for the Texas Rangers until the second half of last season for the Cubs. How much did that whole situation mess with his head Mm. and his abilities? Clayton Kershaw has had a terrible postseason reputation, part of it enhanced by how he performed in these series against the Astros and the Red Sox. How much of what was going on messed with him? Yeah. Um. You've got CC Sabathia coming out for the Yankees saying, "Why, why are the Red Sox and the Astros still allowed to keep their titles? Why haven't they those titles been taken away from them? Mm-hmm. Uh, will those titles be viewed with an asterisk in the future? Um, you know, there's all kinds of things. You're able to put up numbers against pitchers. Those pitchers go into arbitration cases now they their numbers their stats are somewhat skewed because of facing the Astros and the Red Sox when they know what pitches are coming all of this there's just so much that rolls out of this and other people bring up the valid point okay Pete Rose bet on his own team in baseball and was suspended for life is that worse than what the Astros and Red Sox were doing? Hmm. Why aren't A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora and anybody who knew about this, why aren't they suspended for life is a thought that some people have. So on the surface, it's like, okay, there was a cheating scandal. These people are paying the price. But it goes way, way deeper than that. And it really, it really does go to the integrity of the game. I mean, this is the biggest blow to the integrity of baseball in a hundred years. And you wonder how many of these professional athletes knew what was happening. Well, that's the thing. We've only seen the punishment handed out so far to to off field personnel. Yeah. Managers and general managers. We haven't seen what's and obviously players were in on it because they were getting the codes. So who was in on it? Mm. Wow, you are tentacles. What a great uh, metaphor. That's a man. So we we haven't heard the last of this. No, no, you're just starting to scratch the surface. Okay. Uh, let's nibble on hockey, and we'll call it a show. Before we go to hockey, one big free agent signing yesterday: the Minnesota Twins get third baseman Josh Donaldson for four years. Here's another thing that has many layers to it. Number one, you add Donaldson to the Twins lineup, which already had five players who had 30 or more homers last year. Now you have six players in the lineup every day who had 30 or more homers last year. You try pitching to that group up in Minnesota. That's going to be a challenge for anybody in the AL Central. Number two, it now makes the market clearer for the Cubs 
as to who the suitors would be if you want to trade Chris Bryant. Okay. And there's at least one that really stands out in the National League because the Atlanta Braves were in hot pursuit of Josh Donaldson. They need and want a third baseman to try to put them over the top. You might be able to exact a good price from the Braves if you trade Bryant, but remember, you'd be trading him in league. So is Chris Bryant part of a deal? We talked about Nolan Arenado on Monday. Is he part of that kind of deal? So we're going to see a lot of movement and a lot of pieces going around baseball well before this spring training deadline hits. Now, you'd mentioned hockey. A great win for the Blackhawks last night. They got a couple of goals from their rookie, forced Ottawa into overtime, and then Jonathan Taze with the game winner, 3-2 the final. The Hawks win over Ottawa. Here's an intriguing part of the Blackhawks story. They're playing Montreal tonight. Rather than go to the airport and fly from Ottawa to Montreal, which would be a very short flight, but you have to go to the airport, you have to go through all those things, then you have to land in Montreal, bus from the airport to the hotel in Montreal, which is about a half hour away. Rather than do that, the Blackhawks, for the first time in modern history, took a train. They boarded a train from Ottawa to Montreal because the train station in Montreal is right underneath the hotel the Blackhawks stay at. Oh, wow. How long is the train ride? A couple hours. Okay. But by the time you get done monkeying, going to the airport, going through all that stuff, taking the bus, it winds up probably being just slightly quicker than that whole process. So the Hawks as though they were playing back in the 40s, took a train from Ottawa to Montreal last night, and they'll play the Canadiens this evening. Also, one local hockey note, congratulations to the St. Joe hockey team for the first time in 10 years. They beat Culver Academy last night. Final score is one to nothing. Kyle Tupper. Now, I don't know if you remember, we talked a little bit about St. Joe soccer when they were going down to state this past fall. Yes. Kyle Tupper was the goalkeeper for the soccer team. He is the goalie for the hockey team, and he had 38 saves last night. So this guy spends a lot of time within the pipes and between the pipes and in the net, but he's really good at what he does. That's a good show, man. Now, pop culture. If you'd like. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The 2020 class announced. Uh, Your thoughts on that? Pat Benatar has been robbed again. She's not in yet? She's not in She's currently trending on Twitter. Justice for Pat Benatar. Well, there should be, because as much as I enjoy the song Bang a Gone and Get It On by T-Rex, as I mentioned to you earlier today, their discography is shorter than the arms of a (laughs) T-Rex. And there's no reason that one song should get you into the Hall of Fame. It was a good song. And you mentioned that it changed music somewhat. Yeah, as an influential sounding song. But But it's one song, a body of work, one song, come on. Yeah, I mean, that would be like saying, oh, I threw a perfect game, I should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. Here's your class of 2020. Depeche Mode, Doobie Brothers. They deserve it. They should be in. Whitney Houston. 
Yeah, I suppose. Nine Inch Nails. Not my favorite, but I can't deny the body of work. The Notorious B.I.G. Again, um, I'm familiar with the name, not necessarily a fan of the genre. And T-Rex. Shouldn't be in. Yes, I am in agreement with you. You know, and once again, these are very wealthy individuals that have a Hall of Fame in Cleveland and come up with a list and people vote. Well, well, and and people vote. I'm not even sure people vote. I just think it's whoever they want to have come in. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. You know, there's no great criteria. Uh, Pat Benatar, Judas Priest, and Soundgarden all snubbed. They were a part of the, uh, the voting process. I... I can't see Soundgarden. Not yet. Um, Judas Priest, I think, is is borderline. But Pat Benatar should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute pioneer as a woman rock and roller. Yeah. Great trivia question for you trivia fans. Pat Benatar, the second ever played video on MTV right behind the Buggles. Okay. They did not have music videos back then. The Buggles video killed the radio star. It was more of a theme right. than it was the song. You Better Run was the next video, but it was a live performance because that's all MTV could grab at the time was these live shows. Yeah. So you saw a lot of Rod Stewart, Pat Benatar, and Men at Work live performances. But Pat, that, Pat Benatar has the discography to put into the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Got yes. the body of work. I Absolutely. wholeheartedly agree with you. For once. Well, it's about time you came around to my way of thinking. Well, it's a good way of it's thinking. It's only taken 181 episodes. <laughs> Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Steve Balboni. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. The Sports Yak theme song by Rhett Walker. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak Archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.